Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Ginger London Ministry Show. I am so excited on tonight. We have a very special show going on for the different shows, rather, throughout the month of March. This is National Women's History Month, and so um, we are doing a series of radio shows as well as teleseminars where we will feature women entrepreneurs, women in ministry, women authors, uh, even some uh, stay-at-home moms, women who have that uh, dynamic and powerful testimonies to share. We're going to give them an opportunity throughout the month to actually let people know what's going on in their lives. And I'm so excited. Um, this is the second show, the first radio show. We've already had a teleseminar, and, but this is the first show on tonight. And tonight, the uh, special guest with me is Prophet Bobby Clark Alexander out of Atlanta, Georgia, and she's going to be talking to us tonight on a woman's blessed place uh, for success, and uh, she's going to have a dynamic teaching, uh, but prior to that, we're going to interview her for a few minutes, and we want to know exactly uh, what's going on with her and uh, how God is using her and how she's impacting uh, not just Georgia, but the nation with the gift that God has entrusted to her. So um, let's open up with prayer, and then I'm going to bring her on, and uh, and we're going to move on into the show. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you on to, uh, tonight. Lord God, we bless your name. And, Father, I ask you right now, as I decrease, the Holy Spirit will increase in both uh, Prophet Bobby as well as myself, that every word that we speak on this evening, Lord God, life-changing words, and that it will not not only impact the lives of women, but will also impact the lives of everyone that will be listening on uh, tonight, this evening. We thank you. We bless you. We know that your word will not return void, that it will accomplish everything that it is sent to do. In the name of Jesus, we thank you, and we bless your name, Lord God. Amen. Amen. Um, so, Prophet Bobby, how are you? I am great, Minister London. I am just great. I am so excited uh, to be on, and uh, thank you for that opening prayer. It was refreshing. It's been a long week, but it's going to be a great evening. Um, I know that so many are listening and and want to hear um, what God is saying and what you also have to offer us, so we all are thankful to you for setting this up today. Amen, amen, amen. So we're going to get right into it because she has a, uh, just a, a dynamic and exciting um, ministry. And so tell us a little bit about yourself and uh, share your testimony with us. Okay, oh my, my, where do I start? I think a good place to start is um, I was always different. <laughs> <laughs> always, always from a young child I could remember um I would look at uh, others, um, at the things that they were saying and doing, and they would look at me the same way. So that is my life story. That's where I would start. But grew up in the traditional Baptist church and um, 
was mostly raised by the matriarchs in my life, my grandmother and my mother. And uh, in the same household at a young age, my grandmother was uh, a sage woman of God. And so I um, grew up in, in that type of environment where intercessory prayer would go on, she and the neighbors and, and would come in and, and do intercessory prayer. And I remember as a child, like, oh, they're always praying. And today, um, intercessory prayer is my first love. Um, being a prophet of God, you know, you are birthed mm-hmm. in the world. And so coming up in a traditional Baptist church, I had not a clue of who I was. And uh, I knew that a lot of things that were going on, uh, it just didn't seem right. And I would always say, that just doesn't look right. And everyone would tell me I was being rebellious or I was the crazy one. And I can remember from 16 years old, uh, I was actually chosen as young woman of the year at the church where I was. And I was, like, so surprised because they would give me such a hard time. But I believe what God was using that occasion for is to let me know um, keep doing what you're doing. You know, stand for what's right. So I identify myself really as, as one of those remnant pieces, you know, because the remnant has to stand even when others are, are, are doing what they want to do. But um, just, you know, going through the motions pretty much during my um, upbringing in the church. I mean, I was in there, but I wasn't saved the whole time. You know, come on, somebody, you know, folks that have been in church all their life, but were you saved all your life, okay? <laughs> but I, I love the Lord. I knew at five that Jesus was my friend. I got the, the great teaching of the four Gospels, um, you know, in the Baptist faith, uh, uh, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. We didn't know anything else. We we knew those four books. And uh, I believe today uh, that really came from, um, I think, in the Baptist faith, we felt that that was uh, – the life of Christ, and if we were going to stick with anything, those were the four books that we would stick with. But as life went on, uh, I ended up at right at, out of college. God uh, spoke to me, and he said, I need you to come up higher. And I just said, okay, Lord. And when I said okay, I knew that there was a weight tied to that, that response, that answer. But I really felt like I didn't have a choice. I said, okay, I did love God. And I said, okay, and he literally just, he pulled me in. He took me at my word, and I began um, finding out who I was in God and uh, was married. I had two kids um, after uh, 16 years of marriage, uh, ended up divorced, and um, that was something I never wanted and really didn't have a choice. So um, I found myself with, with my kids raising them alone as a single mom and as a woman of God. And uh, it seems like all hell literally broke loose. And I can remember asking God, why did you allow this to happen? Um, Why didn't you show me this years ago? You could have told me this years ago. And uh, I remember I went into a 21-day fast, and I actually wrote a book after that. But I went into a 21-day fast, and I said, God, um, what do I do in this? Do I stay afraid or leave? And God spoke to me every day, and I just began to journal those 21 days. 
And after it was all said and done, he answered my question about why he allowed it to happen and go as far as it did. Um, and he told me that he, he literally, even though it was hurtful and it was painful, but that he literally used uh, my husband to cover me and protect me from the wolves that would have literally just annihilated me because of who I was in him. See, I didn't have a clue of who I was. And so he said that if he had not used him um, just to protect me, that I, you know, so much would have come up against me, and especially with men. Um, the enemy uh, whole goal and purpose would have been to annihilate the prophetic in me. You know, that's amazing because when we don't know what we're housing, we don't understand the things that come against us. But here it is now several years later, and the, the ministry that God has built um, in and through the suffering, uh, he never left me. He never forsook me. Uh, my kids have seen the miraculous moves of God. They've seen what faith looks like. And uh, I know that they're going to walk in the same level and then some. So um, I'm just I'm, I'm excited right now about this time in God. And uh, all of that that I went through prior to this, it was just a preview of the coming attraction. I would no way be ready for this time and this season if I had not gone through those challenges and those steps. Amen, amen. I tell you, you know, um, I came up um, in the uh, the Baptist uh, denomination, and I can identify with uh, some of the things that, with most of the things that you're saying as it relates to that. And so when you look at that foundation, I, I really appreciate that foundation, but there really yeah. was more. And, and I also, you know, I knew, I think I may have been in my um, – early 20s when I really was thirsting for more and just didn't know where where to uh, find that more from. And God had to use a lady, and people have heard my testimony before, on a job I was working. And she kept coming by and saying, God has more for you. There's more for you. Well, I've never heard that kind of talk in the, uh, the Baptist <laughs> church. You know, no. I never heard that. I, so I just thought she was being nice, you know, was trying to find a nice way to say, hey, you're a good person. But she kept saying, God wants to have more for you and more for you and more for you. And we were going on Christmas break. Uh, I was at a Votex school in Chalmette, Louisiana. And we were going on Christmas break, and she said, do not let the old year go out and the new year come in. And you don't rededicate your life to Christ because there is something bigger and something better. And that year, that new year fell on a Sunday that year. And I lived in New Orleans East. I got up that morning, went right down the street. To Greater St. Stephen's because they had an eight o'clock service. To Greater St. Stephen's, sat in there because I was just used to going there a couple every couple of Sundays. So I said, "Well, I would go New Year's, you know, because you know there are certain holidays when you grow up Baptist that you just go to church on those days. No ifs, no ifs, no buts." And so I went to church on that day. It was on a Sunday, and Bishop closed out his sermon with, "There's somebody in here. God says." Do not let the old year go out and the new year come in without rededicating your life to Christ. God has something bigger for you. Almost verbatim what she said. And there yeah. is where my more, where my thirst and my hunger 
uh, when I walk down, the, you know, when you're looking at, you're sitting in that seat, you look down, that's the longest walk of your life. But when I walk down that aisle, that's when, that's when the more, uh, hung, the hunger and the thirst that I had began to be filled and quenched, you know, fed and quenched when I, when I actually connected to someone. Um, and at that time, Bishop wasn't even full gospel Baptist at that time. It was still Greater St. Stephen Missionary Baptist Church. But he was right. doing more. The name was still the same. But he was right, but doing he was more. The Holy Spirit. Yeah, he was filled with the Holy Spirit, though, right? And um, right. I, this is unbelievable because uh, that's actually my same exact testimony. That's how I came into the fullness. I came there before full gospel was attached yes. to the church name. And that's the exact place where God sent me, and I was one of those. I heard so many negative things about the ministry. Yes. I never had a desire to attend, but God used a situation to get me there. One of my very best friends in college was uh, teaching her first uh, um, sermon and so that she would be uh, licensed uh, to minister. And she said, and I always invite you. You never come, so you got to come this time. And I told her, and I promised her that I would. And the day that I went there, and I knew that day that um, I was coming back, but I had no idea all the plans that God had for me. And I found myself that Sunday, I mean, that Saturday night, looking in the closet for clothes to put on for church tomorrow, and I, and I, I just caught myself, and I said, oh, my God. And that's how I began to go, and it was not, I guess, maybe uh, two months. I think I went in October, and Christmas Day of that year, um, 1992, uh, December 25th, I said, uh, Happy Birthday, Jesus, because that was the step up that he was desiring of me. And I took that step, and I don't know how I got from the back of that church to the altar. It's like he literally carried me. So I had the very, very same experience, and that is what God used him for. I mean, he knew what the vision and the purpose um, was to bring the Baptist, you know, to to the next level. I mean, he came out of Kojic, but he heard what he heard, and he did what God said. And so that was the whole basis behind the full gospel movement, you know, in the Baptist church. But, I mean, it is what it is. Uh, you have to give credit where credit is due. That right. He was the one that took me to that next place in God. Right. And it was just, just, a, it's just you can't, you if you've ever had that experience, you can't give your testimony, like you said, without giving the credit where it was due because that's where the life-changing events are started actually occurring. You know, one thing after the next, after the next, after the next, you start growing in the Word. You you get filled with the Holy Spirit. You start being taught how to hear the voice of God, how to uh, recognize the move of God. You know, and all of that was going on before he ever became full gospel. All that was going on. So, so tell me, you know, about your uh, your journey um, in Christian ministry as you grew up in the Word, and then. How that connects, and maybe like uh, what your journey was in Christian ministry, and what your journey has been like um, as a woman entrepreneur, 
and then blend the two together for me. Because I know sometimes for some who may be listening, you're in the church, you're flowing in the things of God, you're filled with the Spirit, but at the same time, you're also a business uh, entrepreneur, maybe an author, or or you could whatever you're doing, and you may be finding it a bit challenging to bridge those two things together. Yeah, well, I'm several of those things that you just um, referenced to. <laughs> <laughs> um, I am an author. I uh, coach. Um, I do life coaching. I do counseling. I'm a teacher, you know, in, in, in the secular arena as well as in the church. Um, my undergrad degree is in accounting, so I I. Um, do administrative and accounting work and have that background. And, I mean, just a plethora of other things. And actually right there in that very same ministry under Bishop Morton, um, God did not waste any time. I was right on the vein and pulse of God. Inside of one year, um, Bishop Morton and his wife, uh, co-pastor Deborah at the time, uh, they actually just really opened up and just allowed God to move me through the ministry very quickly. And there were people that had been there like 25 years and had not had that type of access or openness to them. But God showed me during that time that he was able to trust me. And so he had a purpose and he had a plan, and that is um, where it began in, in, at my next level. So I uh, dealt with every level of ministry inside that huge ministry, and um, it went so quick, but I understand now why God moved so quickly. It's like I was, um, if this makes any sense, it's like God, my life prior to coming there, um, I was going through the skilled training and education and everything, Mm -hmm. but then it's like that was the time where he was actually going to um, have me to apply everything I had learned and everything I had gone through. I, I was filled with the Spirit of God, you know, within a couple months, and uh, and actually by sorority sister, you know, we, you know, um, a lot of times people hit at or beat at the sororities and fraternities, and they actually get a lot of work done that's actually not done in the local church. I mean, I had a Delta sorority sister that actually led me into prayer, and I was filled with the Holy Spirit right over the telephone, like, you know, just a, a couple months after I joined the ministry. But anyway, you know, back to the, the ministry side of it, um, my journey through there was really quick, as I said, and before I knew it, um, a little over a year had passed, and um, I went from doing whatever needed to be done for uh, retreats uh, for the women's ministry, uh, administration to bishop and uh, co-pastor Deborah in the uh, first family ministry. I ended up being an administrator of that ministry. Um, I did uh, four years of intercessory prayer, and at that time there were 25,000 people on the church roll. So um, on a good day, I would have 10 intercessors to actually show up. So they were carrying almost, you know, two, uh, well, a little over 2,000 people each in their spirit. So that was a, a, a great job. But um, did all those things, and people saw the giftings and everything. Well, at the same time, 
I was a I was a homemaker because my my daughter was just born, so I couldn't find a job. I got depressed a little bit because I had graduated from college and couldn't find something. So um, end up uh, pregnant. I mean, I was married already, and uh, I was a stay at home mom, but I had all of that in me. And so God inspired me to begin my business right in my home office. So I was working as a consultant, a business consultant, and I got people in the city and I did work for them. And so when I started, um, like, maybe spending more time in my home office and not just kind of hanging out with some of the people at the church, I told them, I said, well, I'm working at home now. And um, they were like, well, you better give that time and that gift to the Lord. I said, well, I am because um, I'm helping my family. My husband was a, a, a tremendous provider. However, it allowed us to go on trips, and it allowed me to seed into ministry. It allowed me to seed the kingdom of God. It allowed me to actually seed in single moms. Uh, God just gave me a heart for it, never knowing that I was going to be divorced, so I was actually seeding to something that was going to happen to me. So I had money to impact, but uh, it was a challenge um, from the people that I attended um, church with. But it wasn't as bad as it was going to be after I got divorced, and I didn't know that either. But it was manageable. Uh, It seems like there's not a respect if you are an entrepreneur and you work in your home office, for some mm-hmm. reason, um, the the people in the church, they have no respect. It's like uh, it has to be institutionalized. It has to be systematic. It means it's like I have to leave my house in the morning and drop my kids off at the nursery and get in my car and go to a building. They could not get the concept or nor respect it because I was going in my home office, but I made really good money, and the respect just wasn't there. They always thought that I could just come run and, you know, she, Bobby's home, she could do this, she could do that. No, I can't. I'm working. <laughs> so that 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 was um pretty much my journey, but I was, you know, every Sunday basically I was in church. Any ministry event that was going on, I was there. Um, whatever efforts that were being made uh, in the church as a whole, I see it. You know, of course, I was a, a, a tither and all of that. So it helped me to to help further and build kingdom by having those resources come in. And like I said, it, it would get worse, you know, years later after I found myself divorced. It, it was a whole nother arena. Wow, okay. So how long did it take you um, to really organize and balance that ministry and business effect, to be effective in both? Okay. Um, the initial, when I initially started, like I said, I got um, a few people that drew back on me and was giving me a hard time. But actually, when I was still married, it did not take long at all um, because I'm such an organized person. And uh, I got up and I got dressed and I dressed my daughter. And um, at the time I was able to, I had someone to come in to help me in the house um, once a week. So uh, all of those were efforts 
um, so that I can keep my home and my family running. It's really me working at home in my home office really added to my family, if anything. It did not take away because I didn't have to put my daughter in um, a nursery. She was able to be home with me, and she was in my office watching Sesame Street and playing with her uh, toys and everything, and I only put her in child care maybe twice a week for half a day for social skills. So I had a big impact. I was there when my son came home, and I was able to have the money, you know, when holidays, special events, or church events happened, I had the resources. So actually it it ended up being a real tremendous blessing, and I was able to um, uh, balance it really well. And at that point I had actually started getting speaking engagements outside of my ministry. I wasn't ordained anything, but because of the prayer ministry that I did for four years, people in the city started hearing about it. And so I asked Bishop Moore, was it okay? I said, these people want me to go and speak to these prayer circles. What do I do? I mean, I'm not an elder or anything. He said, uh-uh, you got to go. If they're calling, they want it, you got to go. And so they started calling, coming, and I would go back, and I said, well, somebody else called. He said, no, you can go. You don't have to come back each time. <laughs> 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 he said, because, no, I know who you are. I know you have words. I know that you're not going to do anything to wreck somebody else's house. You're going to do God. And he told me, he said, if it's not God, you're not going to do it. He said, so I don't have to really worry about you in that way. I don't have to say, you know, no, you think that's time or whatever. So actually, that was a really good time for me uh, during that. It was busy, but I stayed focused and um I think a lot of times women of God, um, some some women have a, a problem balancing um, all the dynamics of home and ministry. If if that skill to organize or the desire to organize is not there, I think that that's where it comes in. It's, it's kind of an automatic and it's a gift in me but I also desired it that way because my husband was not saved and I did not want him to get a bad picture of of the church or things to deal with God because, you know, if it's all this hard and my house is a mess, um, she's not here, she's not cooking, my, my clothes is not clean or the kids or the homework is not done. I, you know, my son was older than my daughter. He was school age, so I had all of those things that actually, I, I hate to say it like this, but because of the organizational skill that I had, it was pretty much a breeze to me at at, at that point. So um, for the first, uh, I would say almost 10 years in ministry, it was really balanced. Okay. Wow. Okay. So there may be somebody, you know, that um, is listening by Internet or that's on the, the call listening by phone. And, you know, sometimes things can get very overwhelming in your life, especially if you are married with children and got all these other events. But God's assignment on your life is maybe to be a, a, a business owner or um, maybe you will be going out speaking, as our prophet said. You know, so you have to have a desire. I like the way you said it, a desire and uh, to organize and you need some skills. And you can learn those skills in a number of yeah. ways, you know. Yeah. But you need that desire to organize, you know. Yeah. And uh, whenever most of the, you know, if you uh, 
most of the things that we have a desire for, we find a way to get it. So Absolutely. Yeah, we find a way to get it. So maybe you, if you have a home-based business, it could be an Internet business that you have. It could be something you're selling out your home, or maybe you're just a speaker, and that is, you know, that's your office, you know. So make sure you organize it and make sure you, it looks like your your place of calling, I call it. You know, that's where the calling is, or that's where the, this is where I do my work, right yeah. in here. This is where I do the work, whether you're just scheduling appointments for your speaking engagements, whether you're writing for your uh, teaching uh, um, uh, events and seminars you're going to do, or if you're just trying to um, uh, uh, prioritize selling the products that you're selling. This is my area. This is my calling space. This is where I do my work. And so it makes it so much easier than having bits and pieces all throughout the house or apartment. And then when something comes up, you're running and tearing up everything, trying to find where you put that sticky note. You know, <laughs> yeah, where's that sticky note with that number on it? That person that wanted 10 of these things. So, so what yeah, are some if, of the- I, if I may interject that, I yeah. want to add, you brought us into a really good stream right there. Um, what I did, I practiced leaving everything dealing with business um, in the office. Uh, my office was next to the kitchen, and I would leave everything in there. I would not bring anything in the house. Uh, had to do with business or work. I would leave it in there. And my office was always ready for someone to sit across my desk and me to consult because I was doing consulting um, for businesses. I had picked up three businesses, and um, they were home health care. And at that time, that was booming in Mm -hmm. New Orleans. So I I was um, helping them to justify their uh, billing to Medicare. And so I would do reports and everything in case a payment was stopped or something. I would um, do a justification report or something for them to to justify, you know, the funds that were owed to them by the government. So I did that, and I had speaking engagements. But um, this is something, too, I want to add. The different streams of income, that was something way back then that, it just was dropped in my spirit, and I know it came straight from God, and it's that business knack and savvy kind of thing when you are anointed to be marketplace. You know, a lot of us that are prophetics, um, uh, many of us, uh, we are marketplace uh, people for in time, meaning we're going to be self-employed, we're going to be entrepreneurs, we're going to be business owners, we're going to be the lender and not the borrower. We have to have in just a little money coming in here and there. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about we have to position ourselves to so streams can come through us. Uh, actually, other open doors um, came through there. Uh, I was Because I was traveling, then I was teaching, and then I had a mentor, a prophetic mentor in Tulsa. Uh, I would have to fly there. And one time I actually brought 27 people with me to her conference. So what actually happened, a travel agent from West Palm Beach, a very popular ministry, they had their own agency. So I ended up being um, one of the agents for them. And that was like easy money. And I would get that little check, you know, once a month and take my kids out to the movies and the park, you know, and have a great day. That didn't really go into my account. That was always just some side money, so I didn't even have to touch my real money. So that's another thing. Look at the uh, the different streams of income, and now I'm at a whole nother level with that. Um, I just actually had a meeting 
before I had this conference call. So when um, at this time in this season, uh, it's very, very critical because of the economy. We cannot depend upon the world economy. We have to do uh, kingdom. We have to do kingdom economy. And God has given us ideals and dreams and visions, and we need to start acting on them, especially if you're employed on someone else's job. Use this time. It is critical because you can yes. have that job today and not tomorrow. So start stirring up those gifts. Yes, absolutely. And see it as you know you're going to get paid, you know, for being on the job. But you also have to see it as we were just saying, you know, developing skills. Look, if you're on a job and you know, go, you know that it, it, maybe, you know, something will happen, you won't be there. But you may be on a job and you may know that at a, at a certain point in your life or on this journey that God's going to bring you off that job. We want to yes. make sure that while you're on that job, that you're doing more than just getting a paycheck. There's some skills, some knowledge, yes. some learning, some something that can become an asset to what God is, to the to where the place where God is taking you for the assignment on your life. So don't miss the opportunity while you're there to increase your learning, to develop new skills, learn how to use technology. You know, yes. you you know whatever it is that's on that job that will enhance or uh, equip you better for what it is that God is going to use you to do, then make sure that you do more than go to, to work to get a check. Make sure that <laughs> in getting that check, you develop yes. some skill. Because once, guess what? Once That's it's so over, yes. once it, whether they whether they lay you off, fire right. you, downsize, close the company, or God moves you off the job, you can't go back in there and say, oh, I forgot to, I forgot to oops, can I learn this? No, so while you're there, because sometimes on these jobs, especially as women, we can become a little dis uh, uh, frustrated on these jobs because most of the times, some cases, we really are not appreciated and that and with the value of our paycheck don't don't match with the value of service, right? Services right. that we're right. providing. So what you may have to do in the meantime is say, okay, how can I compensate myself for the the shortage over here in the paycheck? Well, if they'll send you somewhere to learn social media, go to the class. If they'll send you somewhere to 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 learn how to market, you know, then go and learn how to do that. Of course, they want you to for their, but they can't. But they can't take the knowledge out your head and make you leave it there on the desk. So, you know, so you you use that time to further equip yourself. If you're in a position, I don't care, even if you're managing a Burger King. If you are the manager of that particular unit, then guess what? Learn those managerial skills because and and that that information because even in a home based office, as she just said, you're gonna need just not only organizational skills, you're gonna need some management skills. Even in a yes. home based situation, if, even yes. if you are a one a one woman show, you're still gonna need so you're still gonna be able to have to manage your assignment, manage your calling, manage your business, you still will need some managerial skills, even if right now you're working by yourself. So Absolutely. don't don't miss the opportunity to grab hold of some uh, skills and uh, knowledge while you're on somebody else's job. Don't just go and be mad. Go and, and make it through the day <laughs> and empower yourself you know, while you're there. Absolutely. What are some of the challenges that you see uh, women are being faced with in ministry and business? Wow, that's a loaded question. 
Um, I'm going to try and keep it uh, pulled in some. Uh, I just want to make a quick point, though, to the last uh, question, because sure. um, you, you made a statement that this re- really quickened something. Um, actually, I'm going to say yay and amen to all that you just said about how you have to take advantage of the resources that are at your hand, because when they're gone is when you miss them and you realize that you did not take full advantage so I think that that's a a, a, um, a call out on many that may be listening right now. Um, Minister Ginger, I really felt that when when you said that particular Praise thing. I actually I actually took everything from every job that I had. I was in corporate America. I worked in the oil industry before it left uh, the New Orleans area. So I I was among people that made plenty of money, and I had to be quick, and I had to be skilled. And I, it was a constant learning um, event every day, and I was always perfecting uh, and trying to do better every day. So uh, that was a layoff situation because the big company, Chevron, came and bought them out, and that was at the time that that merger actually made uh, U.S. history, and now, you know, places at that size and magnitude are merging every day. So, you know, that that's just like yesterday's news. But I took everything from from corporate America that I had, and I brought it in my home office. And my home office, actually, I mean, I had everything. I had all the equipment in there, copies, facts, computer, a full desk. I had the, uh, chairs in front of my desk. I had a telephone in there. I had a, a um, memory board. I had a um, uh, message board. You know, I had my notepad where I can look back to see who called me, who I talked to, and what notes I was jotting down while I was on that call. I mean, so history. But now, you know, I have more technology that I can deal with now with the social media and and all the um, the uh, calendars and everything I can have made out of, you know, Gmail and so forth. But, um, but those were very, very good points. But uh, answering the question that you just posed to me, the challenges, of um that I face in ministry and in business. Um for ministry, one of my biggest challenges that I would focus on is um is caused by people not understanding um getting people to understand uh who I am, how my spiritual gifts flow in conjunction with um my spiritual um uh, but my my spiritual gifts, but my secular giftings and natural giftings, they're very similar and they actually cross over and roll over. So many times um, people will take for granted that my work, I mean, I counsel people, I coach people, I have sessions, I, I have a packet, that uh, information packet that I, I fax, or I email. Um, I have a a proper uh, intake form for counseling. Um, I have a master's degree in human service counseling, so I'm a professional in that area, and I take it very seriously. And so I use scientific and um, natural and some spiritual because I am a Christian in my counseling, but it's not just Christian based. I use skills to deal with the mind. So, and I've been trained and equipped to do that. Well, what happens is if someone's talking to me uh, after a function or something and 
they know that I'm I'm a prophet and I'm prophetic, but while they're talking to me, a lot of times I I pick up they need counseling. They need to get through some unresolved issues. Mm-hmm. It is not just the spiritual side of it. It's some natural hurts and breaches that need to take place. So they're thinking, okay, she's a prophet. She can just tell me what's wrong or she'd tell me someone hurt me. That's true because we can do that. However, let's go down into the matter, the heart of the matter, to the root of the matter, and let's get that thing rooted up. So that's the spiritual, you know, and the sciences working together just like in the hospital. You know, we, we want the doctors to do everything that they possibly can, and we pray for the doctors to 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 help get us well if something offends our body, then, you know, we, we need to get it removed. And we get, you know, we get ailments and stuff cut out. But we pray during the whole process that we be healed and made whole after that thing is removed. Well, for some reason, they can um, people can see that with a doctor, but me as a counselor, they seem to have that confused. And so when someone talks to me past 10 minutes, and you know, and I'm willing to to um to feed and to sow uh in them with you know what God has given me, but when it starts passing ten or fifteen minutes and, and you still got a truckload going, you need to come sit down and talk to me and you need to you need counseling. Well, they get it confused what I said and, and that's my job, that's what I do, that's my business. Oh well no, uh uh-uh. uh well no. Oh you you um you charge for your gift? That is so amazing to me. Um, you know, I, when I added up all the money that I spent, mm-hmm. well, I had three and a half degrees. So when I added up all the money that I spent in going to school through those years and the sacrifices that I made, um, I came up with approximately $150,000. So I paid to perfect the, some of the natural gifting that God has given me and the spiritual gifting, because even the spiritual gifts we, we have to we have to hone and we have to get trained. Any any professional of anything keeps um, their skills sharpened by attending workshops, conferences, you know, subscribing to magazines, searching the internet. I mean, you want to stay, you want to keep an edge. Like this year, um, I'm a member of the American um, Society of uh, Christian Counselors, and the global conference is in September. I mean, they always have the conferences at really nice hotels. The fees are very high because they have to pay for the facility and they have Mm -hmm. to pay the speakers. The cost is there. They do not have a problem charging us what it costs them to get that done. But some, for some reason, when we're working in the church and we're Christian and we have these gifts, and then on the other side of it, when some of those gifts are our actual business, um, then it becomes a problem. So if I have to pay for it, then you have to pay for it. I wouldn't be as effective if I didn't get these these training and skills. I mean, in the Bible, there were schools of the prophets in the Old Testament. In the New Testament, there were many. There were many schools that that Paul taught in that were already set up that other people had already set up. So 
there there's always um been that type of situation. So I would say that um those challenges have um affected me personally. What I see overall as women, something you said earlier, uh women literally they literally carry um the church in, in, in so many ways. And I think a lot of times it's an imbalance there, um, especially when they have a mate and children, because uh, the the mate and the children they might not always say it, but they have issues with with some of us always going running to help and serve everyone else. I mean, you know, the love and charity at home we have to keep it a balance there, and then we want to give and we want to be a blessing, but I think. We get off a lot of times as women, too, of, of needing to be needed. You know, for me, there was no male in my life, my entire life, that stayed the course. I had men that came through my life, but no one stuck there for the longevity. You know, my father left at, left me at three and a half, and I say me because that was my personal experience, but he left my mom and the other siblings. He did not want to be a parent. He did not want to be a father. So, okay, that was that one. I had an uncle. He wasn't responsible for being my father. So he um, was in and out. He had his own life, you know. And then I had a husband, you know, that that didn't work out. He had other agenda. So it went on and on and on. So um, I had to I had to literally, you know, deal with dealing with the the men. In ministry, and I think a whole lot of women have to deal with that. We deal with it two ways. Either we, we don't trust because we say, I can't trust them because they're not going to stand up to their word. They're just giving all these orders, but they're not going to see it through. I know a lot of times that's what I've seen. And because I wasn't uh, brought up in a house with a male, I actually didn't know how to deal with that. I I I didn't want to say, you're not going to follow this through, so I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to get into this project with you or whatever, whatever. I didn't want to do that because I didn't want those men to feel bad, but at the same time in my head, I didn't trust them to see anything through. And it was only a few of them. It's like they would dictate all these orders, and, you know, we had to finish it up. And I saw it happening over and over again. And then they would come in and give orders and demands, but they weren't there to see what was happening and why it didn't get done. So that was that was another thing that I saw when men were put in positions, but then the women in ministry, they're they're biting and fighting each other and I've always believed in you don't have to fight to serve in the kingdom. Now we're not talking about fighting against the, the world system or with outside of the church. I'm talking about inside of it. So a lot of times, you know, I was just I would step back. I mean, th- that wasn't God. That's not God for me. Uh, and then when they know what your business is, it's almost like in your face. I mean, I can see who you are, just like Jesus said, you know, oh, you generation of vipers, you know, your children of snakes. Um, and Jesus like, I know who you are, but I just don't have time to put out all these fires. When people want to use me, it's like they come with this um, – False humility or mm-hmm. trying to really puff me up so that they can use the gift that I have and so they won't have to pay for it 
And that's fine sometimes if I, I volunteer many, many, many times for conferences and workshops. But it just goes on and on. It's like there, there's no end to it. I don't right. know if that, that helps. Yeah, and, and you know, and I find the same the same challenge. Um, and somebody listening may also find the same challenges. You know, sometimes not just church members, but that same thing can happen with family members. It could happen with friends yeah. that you know. You know, they know that you're either starting a business or you've been in business for a while, and you know they want to hook up, they want a deal. You know, and then they turn right around and go to the mall, pay full price for something. Absolutely. If you're if point. you're in yeah. counseling, uh, or if you're a coach. Or count, especially the counseling arena, they think because they say, "Oh, can, what can, I want to treat you to lunch," and they think because they paid for an eight ninety five chef salad that it, that <laughs> equates with a counseling session. No, a counseling session now would run you up in the hundreds of dollars. Yes, so how could yes. you think that you could buy me a chef salad, you know, at a restaurant? You didn't even take me to the most expensive, one of the better restaurants. Right. You, took me, you took me to IHOP or something, you know. And so I'm, I'm thinking you just want to have lunch with me. You have no idea you're about to lay a big old issue on the table. So I <laughs> order a, a grilled chicken, I mean a, a crispy chicken salad, and you got a $400 uh, menu uh, on uh, agenda <laughs> that you have on the table for wanting to take me to, for, to take so take me to lunch. Absolutely. Absolutely. Now, and it's, it's really not just dealing with that issue you have, the person has in their life. Then they tell me about a cousin, you know, and so oh. – you know, all this in one lunch, you know, Absolutely. and so I just left for those that are listening, whether you're selling a product or, or if you're in, in business or some kind of, even if you're in ministry, I've even seen it in ministry. I've, I've had people call me in ministry who want want me to help them uh, set up their uh, prayer breakfast or some type of event that they're having. They want me to tell them how should they invite people and who should I get to, to you know, you know, write a letter for their speakers and coaching them and walking them through all of that, and then they don't even give me a free ticket to the prayer breakfast. Wow. So, you know, I have, I, it's a tough, tough challenge and a hard lesson to learn. But when you've gone through it enough and when you start looking at oh, your yeah. bank account and you don't see any fruit, you will, your mind shall shift. And you have to, you have to make a tough decision and you have to stand firm and hard. And um, I was just in Atlanta this weekend and I went to an event and uh, the lady that was holding the event told me uh, I, got, I was one of the chosen uh, make business makeover people. And uh, the lady said, um, you're not number one, you're not charging enough, and you're giving away too much free stuff. And that's yes. why you're not seeing the fruit of your labor. Giving away too much, and you're not charging enough. So somebody on the on the line, maybe in the chat room, you're not charging enough, and you're not, and you're giving away too much free stuff. You know, uh, and we especially, especially do it to uh, family and friends. You know, they know you're selling something, they want to hook up. Well, why don't you just pay for a price for it? You know, so now if I if I launch something, you know, I give everybody the same opportunity. Okay, for a season. Here's going to be the launching price. After this date right here, this is the price right here. If you want it, this is what you're going to pay. If you call me, and, and I don't know if I shared this with you when I was in Atlanta this weekend, um, uh, the lady said uh, that was doing the event said that she experienced sim- the same thing. People want her information for free, you know, wanting her products for little or no cost. Or what they'll do is they'll, right. they'll, they'll, they'll catch her in the hallway somewhere or somewhere and say, oh, can I talk to you just for a minute? And she would say, yeah, and then they'll get go start asking her business uh, for business strategies and, right. and, and to, to uh, expound upon um 
business principles. And she said when they finished with the, you know, talking, she said, well, you know, business strategies and business principles are not something that I do complimentary. I love that. Yeah, yeah. Well, actually, not something um, that I do complimentary. Yeah, but actually, I began to um, deal with it in different ways. God gave me wisdom, and just like you said earlier, um, you don't get bitter, you get better. And what I did was I went to God on it, and I cried out to him, and I talked to him about it, and I said, God, I'm trying to represent and and have the reflection of you. I'm trying to do it balanced. What am I doing wrong? And I remember not getting an immediate answer, and it's like a, a few weeks went by, and I was driving, and God so clearly answered me. You know, he said, I told you to do this, and I told you to do that, but I didn't tell you to do it that way. Okay, uh, what people don't understand and the people that assist me and they see me, when, when I have to do um, intercessory prayer, when I teach a class or whatever, what what they don't understand, it, it makes it, is when you're anointed and when you're trained and when you've not skipped any classes or courses to be prepared for the thing that you do, it makes it, it, makes it look easy to those that don't have any idea the process that it took right. to get to that point. So... What happens is you give and you pour out, and when you don't charge, it's literally like being raped. It's like you're being prostituted. So what they also don't understand is, okay, when I finish doing all of that and I've got it and gave you everything that I have, when I get home, my 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 um my body's aching. You know, uh, sitting in a hot tub of water is just not enough. I need to go to the spa and get rubbed down. Okay, but if I'm not charging enough to take care of me properly so on my next event, on my next occasion, I have to be up to par. So in other words, maintenance for us as as entrepreneurs and as women of God and as, as leaders in the kingdom. I know that there's some kingdom leaders on this phone, even if it's just uh, one or two. I know that we have some on, on this call, but... Um, we have to make sure that we're taking care of this earthen vessel, whether it be in your secular job, um, your um, entrepreneurship, or your your careers, or ministry, whatever. You have to take care of yourself, and you have to charge enough to maintain, to maintain everything, to do your job, and to be presentable. If we keep doing, that'll do. That'll do. You will never get past that point. Oh, oh, and that's at that point of the overflow that you deserve. Absolutely, absolutely. And if you keep with that or do, the person that's getting the benefit of that or do will never see a value what they're no. paying you. They'll take the information you give them. They will run with it. You will wake up one day, and that person's business or whatever they're trying to do, they will be 110% effective and successful, and you will be sitting at home angry and mad because yes. they will be lucrative in what they're doing. They yes. will not come back and plant a seed, and you will be angry because you will realize at some point that you released some valuable information and you did not get uh, you did not get um, compensated uh, correctly for it. It is unfair for for you to come to me and want me to give you something that's valued at four hundred and ninety nine dollars. You take it. You live ten or twelve more years on the four ninety nine, and you have now made for forty thousand dollars off a four ninety nine conversation. And I don't I don't get anything from it. 
and you right. see me in the past or you see me in the future, and you'll say something to me like, you just blessed my life so I can't tell you. Remember that time I talked to you and you gave me those nuggets? Exactly. I took that. I ran with it, and I'm doing real good in my business. I just want to thank you. I just can't say it enough. You can't say it enough. This is what I do. Even when I minister to people, um, uh, you know, even prophetically speaking, they do not have any idea of the value of it at all. People pick and choose from the Bible what they want, you know, so that's that's the other challenge in ministry. Um, but I always tell people, okay, when, when, when God um, does this thing, you know, don't forget about me. Um, they go, I, I won't, but through the years, there have been a faithful few that have come back, mm-hmm. and they realize the importation and the time that I took. Because what the ones that come back, you know what they say? They say, I was around other people, and I know that they were prophetic, or my leader never took the time to sit down with me. Um, I, I could not take it for granted. God does deal with the hearts of people. People run right over it. Okay, they literally ignore. How how can they treat you the way that they do? Because they literally run over the voice and spirit of God. The Holy Ghost is not going to knock them over the head. So you're the one that has to learn some sense. Jesus was shrewd in dealing with business, you know, with his disciples. He was very shrewd in, in the way that he handled them. And a lot of people don't understand shrewd and cunningness is two different things. I didn't say cunning. I said shrewd, meaning you're optimizing, you're maximizing. Given what you have to work with, you maximize and make the best decisions with it. So, in other words, you have to take better care of yourself and see, and that's what I do now. That's what I, that's what I learned through it all, and I teach others to do that. And I stopped giving out as much for free. I would give you a little bit, like I said, if it's a conversation more than 10 minutes, I said, you have to come and you have to make an appointment with me and, um, you you know, you need to set up a payment package. What I do with yeah. coaching and counseling, I would tell them, I said, um, you need to pay for at least four sessions. I sell them in sets because if someone comes for one session and they feel like maybe you answer one or two questions, actually both parties have been cheated, okay? I was cheated for all the paperwork I just did and went through to sign you up because after you fill out the paperwork, I have to go over all that paperwork to go through it and make sure that this is a situation that I can or willing to handle. And then I give a 10-minute briefing phone call, and then they come in and we start the session. But if you let them pay as they go, they won't come back. And they need to come back, and you need to be completed because the first thing they'll say is, oh, I went for her to her for coaching, I went to her for counseling. But you didn't finish anything. You didn't even – the first session is basically your break-in and instruction and telling you that, you know, you're going to have to work. People think counseling, I'm going to fix you. No, you're going to fix you. I'm just going to help you fix you. Right. Okay, right. so – yeah. Hey man, hey man. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, and that's about you know, uh, 
if you're on the phone and the, uh, listening to this show and you you've struggled with that, you know whether you are providing a service or a product. Uh, you got to stand your ground. Place a value on it, stand your ground. Now, if you want to run some specials, run those specials. But after that 10-minute conversation or that initial 10-minute talk, that's it. That is it. You know, so uh, I want us to – I have a couple of more questions, but I'm going to save them because I want you to get into your teaching. Um, okay. I want them to hear your teaching. You know, and I, I titled it A Woman's Blessed place for success and she's going to talk to you about where your set place may be and so and what some of the things that you have to do to get to that place you know and dad i could tell you right now before you even talk before you say one word you know i you know that that is kind of you know i know i probably will be stationed um here uh in baton rouge and louisiana meaning i'm gonna live here but you know, now I've been challenged to come out of my comfort zone and expand or broaden and start visiting other cities and states and taking this gift and this this, uh, this assignment yeah. outside of this locale. And so if you're like me and you're on, I know I'm going to be glued to the teaching. You know, sometimes we are just, you know, we like to say, you know, where we're from and, you know, because we become used to it. We know what yeah. hotel to have our events at, you know, because we know the good price that we can get. And so it's really no, you know, uh, by faith we've got to do this go down there and sign up because I already know how much I'm going to pay because I've been, been right, using this right. hotel for a minute now. So, you know, I got a, a, a group of people that I'm going to market to and I got so I can yeah. say faithful ones in there that I know they're going to show up. Yes, yes. So, so the, 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 I need to increase my faith to go to the next level and that means I have to take some marching orders and all I need to know is that God says it's going to be successful and all I need to do is go this way. You know, and so I know I'm going to be glued to your teaching uh, as as someone else, as the others are, they're going to be on. So I'm going to turn it over to you right now, and I'm going to go ahead and let you uh, teach. Just let me know when you get to the end, and we'll come back, and if we have time, we'll quickly answer the other questions. But I really want you to teach and then let people know how they can get in contact with you. So it's, okay, it's uh, the floor is yours. Okay, great. Thank you very much. Um, what, what I wanted to do is I'm big on um, – giving nuggets uh, to people because I feel like nuggets a lot of times they're small enough where you can hold on to them. I do have um, some notes for just a, a structured teaching because that's what I was instructed to do, and I'm an obedient uh, businesswoman as well as daughter of the Most High God. And um, I did not want um, uh, Minister London to have to rebuke me on uh an international uh, live radio show, so I'm going to do what I'm supposed to do. But I have about five nuggets, guys, that was really um, uh, just actually just just hinting at me, and I said, I've never done this like that before. I've never done the nuggets. Usually I'll add them in the teaching, but I think this time today, for some reason, you know, you have to be pliable. You have to be open and very flexible, especially when you're in business or you're in leadership and ministry because this is a time and hour of a lot of change, okay? If anything is constant and consistent, it's change, and it is change in God. And, you know, earlier this year was the very tail end of 2012, God literally showed me by mid-year 2013, there was a lot of things he was going to get done. I don't know about you, but I have been sense of, of feeling and sensing and actually uh, 
can experience some some of this fast uh, work that he's doing. It's not that it's fast. It's been in the work the whole time, but now it seems like it has just sped up. But he had that that timetable already set. So actually my teaching is going to be position yourself. Um, and so understanding your exodus from 2012 to 2013, you know, we keep making these New Year's resolutions. Well, this is a really, really timely year and, and um, time to actually make the changes. So that's what I'm actually going to exhort you guys on as a, as a um, teaching. But I want to give you these nuggets, guys. And just listen, if you can't actually – write them all down, but just hear it, put it in your hearing. Um, the first thing is you must know the signs of the times for your business, your home, and ministry. You have to stay relevant in all aspects of society, not just your neighborhood. And it's amazing because you just actually said that. Not just your neighborhood and your neck of the woods. There is a big world out there. I talk to people who meet me at conferences and workshops or what have you. We're all sitting down there, and we should all be colleagues pretty much exposed to some of the same things. But as the, the conversation goes on, I find myself out in a place alone because they can't come with me in that conversation because they stayed inside their little zone, Okay. You have to get out to see what someone else is doing. You cannot just, you know, dance to your own music. And the a lot of times you have to, not a lot of times, most times you have to network. You have to go to meetings and sessions that you're not always necessarily excited about, but what types of people will be there. So that's the relevant part of it. That's how you're going to stay relevant. People are out there doing things. You'll be amazed at what will come up in a conversation. And if you're around people that are like you, you get a lot of this stuff for free because everyone's going the same way. So that's a way that we can um, keep from paying for a conference session. Uh, the other nugget, the next nugget, number two, political and economic climate plays a huge factor in which way you should go. These factors cause reaction in the consumer behavior, which could affect your brand. In other words, you know, I'll give an example of this. Um, when I was married, my ex-husband, he worked a, a nine-to-five job, and he also had his own business. He had a, a, a auto detailing business, um, but he had a personal service where he went to the individual's houses. Now, you know people who do that. However, now we have all of these high-end, um, and I actually go to one. I mean, he would probably have a fit if he found out I did, but uh, I actually go to one of these new car washes where it comes out and almost looks like it was hand-done. And, I mean, my car is basically driving. I come out, I have the overall on my tire. I mean, you pay everything that you want dumped. You pay a little extra for it. But when that car rolls out, it looks like somebody actually did a hand job. So what is the point I'm making? I'm saying that um, that's not as prominent and is not as economical as it used to be to start a business doing it, even though you say you wanted to do it uh, 20, 30 years ago and you didn't get a chance to do it. Well, I'm sorry, this is not the time. 
the economy and the behavior of people have changed. It's a very quick and fast-paced world. Everybody wants something quick, and also they're not going to pay what that service is worth. He used to actually go to their houses. Now, he had all high-end customers, but even this day and this time, I know doctors' offices that are closing up because they cannot afford to pay the rent for their office space. And they're doctors, and you know that we have needed doctors, and I, I can't even wrap my head around there, but I know there's something going on in that office. Someone's not doing something right. Their office manager is not handling business, okay? So you have to always watch what's going on, and it's going to affect the behavior of the consumer. So you need to keep that in mind, all you business women and Christian leaders, you also must pay attention to that because it will affect what's going on in your ministry, what projects that you are um, vision casting, you know, for the next one, two, three, four, five, ten years. It's going to make a difference, so you have to know. Number three, know when to change up. Know when the time for change is so very present. If something's not working anymore, it's really simple. Do something different or tweak it or revisit it and say, okay, what's different now than when we first started doing this? Just by, by nature as humans, we don't like change, but being a business owner or being a leader in ministry and even home, the stay-at-home moms, I don't want to leave you guys out. You are near and dear to me. You have to change up some things, the things that work, for us, when we were um, being reared and raised, it's not going to work with these kids. You have few stand-up basic principles that you can still use across the board, but you have to become very, very flexible and creative, and you have to stay very, very prayerful, and God will give you some wonderful ideas. Number four, Nugget, run with those who are going to the going the same way you are. Entrepreneurs and those who are pioneers in your areas, think very different from those who are comfortable in a nine-to-five situation. Now, many of you are on a nine-to-five situation, but you're not comfortable in it. You have a plan, you have a goal, and you have a dream. Well, good for you. Like uh, Minister Ginger uh, uh, stated, maximize, get everything that you can get from there so when you do leave, you will be equipped, and that's something you don't have to pay for because someone else paid for it. But um, for the rest of you who are trying to keep with people that you grew up with, people that you've been knowing for a long time, they're not going the same direction you're going. So what you're doing is you're holding yourself back trying to hold on to loyalty. Maybe you guys can meet in another setting, you know, for tea, for lunch, at the bowling alley or at the mall. You put that time aside for that, but you cannot hang with those individuals. You need to be around other movers and shakers like yourself. And then um, number five nugget, marital status also dictates your flow because of home and marriage and fam obligations, okay, running with people who are doing what you're doing, it will be helpful in your networking if you can even, if you're a single mom and you have kids, start networking with other people that are single moms and have kids because you guys will be talking the same language at a whole entire uh, level different from your other counterparts and colleagues that are married. Married and, and um, family issues for those who are coupled off in marriages, 
their dynamics are different from from yours. So um, you know, you have to realize that that's going to help you too because you will get hints and tips from those that are running in the same circles with you that have the same home dynamics. That's very very critical in business and leaders. Leaders who Christian uh, leaders pastors. You have to begin to run with those uh, other pastors that are kind of doing the same things you or going the same way in God. You see that they, they want peaceful fruit of righteousness. You see that they're seeking God in all their ways so he can direct their path. He, you see that they're lifting up Jesus so he will do the drawing. They're not up to gimmicks and all those kinds of things, ploys and everything. Start getting with like kind, not because everybody knows a certain person. Get with, get with your own kind. So those are just five nuggets. I'm going to get to this teaching now. It's called Position Yourself with an Exclamation Point. Make up in your mind, 20, 2012, uh, most of you that are on this call, on this line, you were not happy with where you were. Some of you did okay in business. Some of you um, had a decent year, but you know there's so much more. Some of you couldn't get started. Some of you couldn't get the, the the first thing set up and completed before the year ended, and you say, okay, that's it. This is my time. Okay, what are you doing differently? So remember why you want to exit. Okay, so the, it's um, I subtitled it the exit the exodus of 2012 into 2013. Okay, so let's remember why. I want you to get in your mind right now. Remember why you want to exit um, that place and that time. And then usually it's due to non-productivity, you know, the enhancements on your life, they still the status quo. It's, whatever you were doing, it did not help you in your own personal life outside of doing your business uh, and your lifestyle. Some type of oppressive situation or dysfunction or just simply you may want to do something more or you're just simply not happy. All of these are different reasons why you were glad to exit. 2013, okay? But I want you today to determine, today, 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 determine that you want to get in the right place so that you can walk in your blessed place, okay? So say that with me. Walk in your right place so that you can walk in your blessed place, okay? So the blessed place would not be occupied by us unless we get an understanding, to get an understanding, you have to do teachings. Like, you know, Minister Ginger, she does all kinds of stuff. She's always giving classes. This month is going to be loaded with a plethora of people. You need to keep um, your eye and view on her um, social networks and see what's coming up. I know I will, okay? She's putting it out there. She's blessed. She's equipped. I mean, she has secular and in ministry knowledge and teaching. I'm going to get the goods. You know, everybody that's out here doing stuff, you have people that's actually charging, people buying it, and it's not effective. It's not going to work. But she's, she's able to lay down some great stuff. So I would advise you to make sure that you tune in and see who she's going to be having coming in the rest of the month. But you cannot occupy your blessed place unless you get understanding. And all you're getting, get an understanding. You have to listen to what someone else is doing. You have to seek and avail yourself to the knowledge. You know, the Bible actually talks about in Daniel 12, I believe in 4, Daniel 12 chapter, I believe the 4th verse. You can look that up and make sure it's correct. But 
it, it lets us know that in the end times, there were gonna, people were going to be running to and fro in the earth seeking knowledge. Well, this is one avenue that gives knowledge. Right now, that's what's happening. And then to know who we are and then to, um, and the role we must play, just like Joshua did when he had to actually take the lead and cross the people over into the promised land. You know, Joshua knew and understood the promises of God and his role as a leader. He stayed with Moses, and he learned what he needed to learn so that he could be effective when his turn came to lead, okay? You can look up that, you know, yourself in your own time in Deuteronomy 31st uh, chapter and uh, verses 1 through 8. It's like, you know, can God trust you with the simple things? Okay, I've had people that I've had to deal with and work with, and I would just say, could you make sure that this express package gets out tomorrow? Because if it doesn't get out tomorrow, it will cost me $10,000. This piece of paper is worth $10,000 to my company. Do you know that there will be people that will actually find an excuse to have not gotten that actually that actual express mail out the next day, and they're working or they're assisting you, or you can be a help or assistance in their life, so they're hindering you from being a blessing to them. Those are the kind of people that you need to um, find somewhere to forward them to. Okay, I'm not saying, you know, drop your stuff off at somebody else's door, no. But you need to say, well, you know what, this is not working. Because, see, that was a simple assignment. Joshua had a hard assignment. So you have to be able to team up with others. You have to be able to assist because, see, whatever, it's the law of the cosmos. It's not just Bible, you know, whatever you saw, you read. It, it's just the law of the cosmos. Whatever you put out, coming back. And as business people, we walk on top of people's back, on their head, on their on their feet, on on that that toe that has the the corn on it. I mean, just walk all over people and expect that not to happen back to you. And you have to tell people thank you. Well, Joshua was um, a good understudy for Moses. He watched. He was there. Whatever he was told to do, he did it. But look at um, this. I just want to read this in your hearing. I'm just going to read Deuteronomy 31st chapter and verse number 4, so verse number 7. It says, Then Moses called Joshua and said to him in the sight of all Israel, Be strong and of good courage, for you must go with this people to the land which is the Lord, uh, which the Lord has sworn to their fathers to give them and you shall cause them to inherit it. Okay, that was a big load. You just you just dumped tens of thousands of people on top of this man in and, and, and one verse. Okay, but look look at um, the first uh, line. It says, Then Moses called Joshua and said uh, to him in the sight of all Israel, What it puts me in the mind of, Joshua was close by. He wasn't all over the place. Uh, we have to realize that when we're trying to do business and we're trying to get into that new and that blessed place, we cannot be all over the place. We need to keep still. Sometimes we have this nervous energy and we have anxiety. You need to take and release that in 
in meditation and spending time before God to give you the wisdom that you need and the things that, you know, at your hand. The deposit that's been downloaded and who you believe that you're called to be and what God and Joshua's behavior was one of a mover and a shaker. He was a pioneer, even even though Moses had pioneered most of that, but Joshua was about to go into a new place. We're back to that again, why it's so critical. Um, you got to be willing to embrace change. You have to be willing to embrace new ideas. What happened in the wilderness, in the desert, going around and around, eating manna every day, okay, that's basically all that went on. You're about to step over to a new place where the inhabitants are like giants and you got to kill them so that you can get in and possess your land. So actually that's what twenty that's what the last three years have brought us. It's like giants that we've never had to come up against. It's giants in the change in the economy. You know, nine eleven happened, you know, so many years ago but we're still feeling the effects. 9-11 actually shook this nation, and it shook the world. Things will never go back to the way they were, even how we fly and travel. It impacted our way of travel on the airlines, even though recently they just actually allowed us to take on um, take on pocket knives and um, uh, golf clubs and, you know, a, a, a few other um, things that it, it sound, you know, um, and I don't want to offend anyone, please. I'm just saying, but I'm not, you can't be mad at them. It is more of the uh, uh, European sports type items. All of those now you can actually bring on the plane. Why? Because they went to D.C. And, and they gave somebody the blues in group. Here we go, back to the group. You have to network. You have to get in to see what someone else is doing. Sometimes it's just something really, really small that you need to know. When Joshua went in and Caleb and all the rest of the spies, you know, Joshua and Caleb were the only one came back with a good report. We know the story. If you don't, you got a lot to read, but you can read it, and it's there. They were the one. They got their land. They benefited tremendously because they were pliable, they were open, and they were willing to look past those giants, and they saw the good in the land. That is tremendous. You cannot be snook and um, um, thrown off guard because someone comes and tells you something. You cannot be easily moved. You know, when you are a mover and a shaker, you have a world view. You have a global view. It's not about what's in your backyard. It's not about just who you grew up with. You can get on the World Wide Web. And you can just begin to Google, and the world is at your fingertips. You can get just about anything that you even have the slightest question on. And then some of you, I'm just going to give some of you a tip. This is a, um, a side note. Uh, anytime I'm in my house, just domestically speaking, if there's something I don't know how to do, I actually get on YouTube and and, and put it in the, um, the, the little description search, and usually there are several YouTubes that come up where someone has got on there and tell, to tell me how to do it. I mean almost anything. The other thing is be cost effective, okay? Um, Joshua had to make sure he counted up the cost. He's got all these people. we got to cross over. We have to eat. 
Now this is this is the tremendous thing that um I, I want to really share break and share here. When when God God supplied manna for forty years, the manna did not stop until they got right there to go into Canaan. Okay, a lot of you from 2012 to 2013 and nothing still hasn't happened. When I made my mind up to cross over from 2012 to 2013, trust, I had to do a lot more. Last night or this morning, rather, I was up at 2.30 in the morning, 3 o'clock in the morning, and then I had to go to church. Um, my, my church is like 45 minutes drive from my house, so I actually got like two and a half hours sleep. Please, I am not suggesting that you do that. It just so happened that is how this week played out. I'm a big believer on getting the proper rest and eating the right things. But Joshua had to be in that mindset and in that flow to accomplish the task that he was about to accomplish. Let me give you guys a tip on something. When God has put your blessed place right before you, when you have come to that blessed place, okay, he pretty much carried us through a lot of these things, even though they were bad times, some of them were tight times, some of them were challenging days, and it went from challenging and it turned into a hardship. It almost seemed like poverty and lack was just sleeping, resting, playing with you and everything. And you were standing up right and you were trying to do the right thing. But when you get to that point and things are still not moving, let me share something with you that I experienced myself. I realized that that's when, you, that's when you've arrived at the door of your blessed place. See, God stopped the manna as soon as they reached that path where they were going to cross over into that blessed place. So when you find yourself nothing's moving, everything's stale, everything's um, just standing still, no movement whatsoever, nine times out of ten, there's something that you need to do or change so that you can get in to that blessed place. What was in that blessed place for them? The inhabitants, the Canaanites, they had to destroy them so that they could get in. You know right now in front of you your blessed place because some of you, it has actually gotten that way. It's like the heavenly treasury forgot your address, okay? God's been providing all this time. You've been able to get certain things accomplished, but now it's like you don't even have um, a ring or a, a bell at the door. Um, I'm sorry, a knock at the door with no type of delivery of any kind. And you're like, God, what's really going on? That story is in Exodus, um, the entire 16th chapter, and you read that too on your time. But um, I want to read one verse out of there in your hearing for you um, on this note. Let me see, Exodus. 16, Exodus, Exodus 16 and 35, it says, it reads, And the children of Israel ate manna 40 years until they came to inhabited land. They ate manna until they came into the border of the land of Canaan. So they were on the border. Hadn't got quite in there, but they were on the border. 
So the Hebrews, amen, only until they entered Canaan and miraculous provision was no longer uh, supplied because it wasn't needed anymore. You would say, well, they're not in. What, what am I saying? It is time to drive the inhabitants out, which keep you from being blessed and productive. What inhabitants you have to uh, that need to be killed to get into your promised land so that you can occupy and partake of the good that you can see they're in reach, but it's like you can't get to them. Okay, one area, one big area for me was marketing to try and get to my target audience. I had to come to realize that the people I had been servicing, the people that were trying to prostitute my gift, the people that did not appreciate and know and understood my work and did not even have a desire to try and understand, that was not my target audience. Your target audience is going to embrace you. They're going to celebrate you, and what you have to offer, they will pay for it. They will pay for it. So what are the things, what are the inhabitants that are stopping you from getting business going? Are you not willing to invest money and maybe getting coaching or to make a phone call and ask someone to actually set up something from, for you. Like uh, Minister Ginger just was saying earlier, people have asked her to set up whole um, brunches and breakfasts and everything and had no idea um, of the, the, the gift that's inside of her to be able to do that. See, she makes it look easy, and she, she seems to just flow in it. That's because she's equipped. She's been trained and home, so therefore she makes it look so easy they can't see the work. But then why did they call it? They, they didn't do it. They couldn't do it. See, that's how you let people know what your worth is. But we want to just get back to this because I want to press this and I want you to hear this. What is the thing that is keeping you from occupying? You know, is it is it people, okay? Is it is it a person, okay? Is it chaos in your home? Are you organized? Have you gotten the training and practice and experience to do what your destiny dictates? Are you doing what God told you to do or what someone else told you to do? Are you in the church where you need to be at another church? Did God tell you to go somewhere else? Some some people, I, I, I hate to say this, but, <coughs> excuse me, some people are married to the wrong people, okay? You know, you have to be in agreement. You have to walk on one accord. Now, I'm not talking about saved and unsaved because a lot of us, when we got married, neither one of us was saved. That's not what I'm talking about necessarily, the unequally yoked. You got married folk who are both Christians, and they are unequally yoked. Because what some people call saved isn't saved. And they have nothing in common, but they got something that looks like a marriage. It's a form of marriage, just like folks have a form of godliness. 
extent are you in a situation you need to get out of? Are you in disobedience? Are you teachable? Are you able to receive from others? I know there are some people that when you try and ask them a question, the defense mechanism flies up before you can get the last word out. You will stay stuck if you can't hear anyone outside of yourself. This is something that has to be changed, and it has to be done. I'm talking about we have, like, what, a couple months left before, what is it? It's March, April, May, June. Okay, we have three months. Three is a good number. If you could receive this, this teaching, this exhortation tonight, it will put you in a new place. Those of you who say, okay, I don't even know. I'm hearing this word. I see where I fit, but I don't even know where to start. Well, you know, actually you got two people on the line now. I mean, Minister London, she actually does coaching and counseling, and she actually is able to organize. I mean, she's an organized teacher. Teachers are some of the um, teachers are one that can tell you what you have to do to get something accomplished because why they, they pack a lot of knowledge. So what did we say about in Daniel 4, you know, people be running to and fro. That's some of the reasons people are running to and fro because this time, God knew this time and this season was going to come. We have to change the way we do things. It doesn't work anymore the way it used to work. It will not work that way anymore. So you can't keep doing the same thing. You're not going to get the results, the desired results that you're looking for. Now, I will tell you prophetically that in about six months, we're going to be hearing news about things are turning around, the markets are looking good, the housing is coming up, especially the ATL, you know, our housing with the slump because it's just so, it's such a big country up here, and it's a lot of houses. But that's going to come in about six months, and that's going to leave in about six months. The vision that I actually saw as regards that is um, we as humans, we want to control everything. So we're going to try. What is, who, who are we? It's all of us. You know, it's the government. It is um, uh, the economists and, and um, those in leadership. We all want it to go back to the way it was. So we all going to push for that. And we're going to take this giant rubber band and put it, and we said, now, there it is. We finally got it controlled. And then about six months is going to pass by, and that rubber band, that thick rubber band that they put on what they thought was going to fix all the things that have changed and shifted, that rubber band is going to pop because you cannot control and stop change. The economy is changing. People's mindsets and lifestyles are changing. The globe is coming more meshed together. When you have all those meshed agents mixed together like we've never had before, you're not going to end up with the same result. So this is where we are right now. Minister Ginger, I'm going to stop right there. Okay. Uh Okay. All right. Did you have any anything on your paper that you really want to get out before we go b- back into? Yeah, but it's gonna kind of fit more. Um, that's what I decided. Um, my okay. closing remarks 
you know, about okay. the programs and stuff. I can okay. kind of add it okay. in here. Yeah. All right. So well, before we get to closing remarks, I know uh, Prophet Bobby said a lot. If you are listening to the um a radio show by phone or if you're in the chat room if you're listening by phone and you want to have you want to ask a question or if you have a comment on your phone if you press the number 1 I'll be able to tell on uh, on the dashboard that you have a question that you would like to ask and we'll bring you on so you can ask the question or if you're in the chat room if you would post your question in the chat room um I'll read it and we'll answer the question or if you have a comment I'll be sure to read your comment um, if you're in there. So while you're deciding uh, if you want to um, uh, ask a question or um, write something in the chat room, again, if you're by phone, press the number one. If you're in the chat room, just write, type it out, and um, I'll check it in just a second. But uh, before uh, we close, I just wanted you, maybe someone on the, the line that um, is uh, thinking about writing a book, because uh, Prophet Bobby is also an author, you know, or um, in the process of writing a book, you know, tell us about being an author, you know, and um, maybe what uh, the woman author should be very mindful of as she's writing or as she's looking to get it published or what's the best way for her to get it published in doing this uh, economic climate that we're in right now. You know, um, can you share just a few, for for a few seconds, talk about that. Sure, sure. I would love to speak at that. Um, uh, actually, writing for me is, is the lanyard. That's a term that we use in uh, New Orleans. That's the overflow. That's the plus. That's where I get to impact lives uh, of people through through books. And in addition to that, it has been um, quite an experience. And now um, I have uh, my books are on, well, a couple of my books are e-books now, and you can get them on um iTunes, and uh, Barnes and & Noble. And so that was a great day for me when I saw my name and my book in print on um ebook list and then some of the top uh, sellers, uh, that the carriers of the uh, e-book download. So that's a great thing. But in this time and in this economy, um, self-publishing is uh, the best way to go. I'm not going to stop anyone from taking their manuscript and sending it to a publisher. Uh, if you feel like you have something that you feel like someone's going to pay you to do, you get it out there. I, I'm not against that at all, but the likelihood of it um, is not that high. So self-publishing is great. You have companies that you can find on the web, and there's so many, I can't even just begin to name them, but you, they will self-publish your, your book. You do your manuscript, and you submit it to them. The fees can run from approximately the average. They started about 600 to $700, and they will actually do everything for you. And each process, they may add on a few um, dollars more. But the, the catch is this. They will get... Um, the higher percentage of whatever you sell, they will market it for you, they get it distributed and everything, but they will get the higher end of whatever your sales are for the first two to three years. Well, that makes sense because if it's a good book, if it goes, if it gets hot, then guess what? They, they want to make the money off it. So um, it might be something like, you know, 60, 40, in some cases it's 70, 30, you get the 30, you know, the lower end. And then as the years progress, then it begins to decrease and you get more. But in the process, you can always 
order some books after it's published, they give you a set rate. Like, for instance, um, the retail might be $15.95. Well, they might give you the option to purchase books at $5 to sell them on your own site or what have you, even though that they're, they're getting it out there for you. You have that. And also, too, what I've done is I self-published. I did not go to the self-publishing companies. I actually self-published myself. You can get on the web. You you can get um, all the information you need and process it yourself. I mean, for every part of it, your copyright. You just you just um, Google that, and the form is gonna come up. You fill it out, and you just attach a copy of your manuscript, and you you put the uh, dollar amount, and now you can do it online. And you send that, and they'll do it, and they'll put in the Library of Congress. That is done, and you can buy all your barcodes. You can um, buy like five. Well, I think ten now. You can maybe get five to ten barcodes that go on the back of the book, whereas the book can be anywhere in the globe, and someone can get that ISBN number on that barcode, and they can order books from you. So you can buy like ten for two hundred and fifty or or three hundred dollars. That way if you plan on doing like five to ten books, you have barcodes and you just actually put them on the cover, whoever does your cover. You put them on there yourself. And so you can actually do all your own um uh publishing, literally yourself, but you just have to make sure you cover all the stuff. The rest of that is in a workshop, okay? <laughs> <laughs> Great. Absolutely. But um, that that just gives that gives you guys an idea. It's you know it's not impossible. You can do it. But if you have an idea of how to books, they're some of the greatest. Um, and YouTube's uh, are the way to go. Also, but if you have a how to book, that that's a big thing. And you can put those in ebooks. Some people do them for free or ninety nine cent. Why? Because you're trying to get an audience. You're trying to gain an audience. So those are some of the ways with that. But um, it's exciting to see your work in print and your name on it. So that's that's just some of the highlights with that. Wow. Okay. Thank you. So tell us, you know, how the listening audience can get in contact with you. And before uh, you do that, tell us uh, briefly about some of the special programs or events that you have happening um, really soon. And then tell us how we can get in, they can get in contact with you. Okay. Okay. I'll do that. Um, Okay, well, um, my next event will be in New Orleans area. You know, New Orleans is my home. You've heard me say that a few times. I'm here in the ATL. But I will be in the area um, uh, doing a 90-minute session on Remnant Prophetics. Uh, The event is free, free, big F-R-E-E. But you must register on my site to guarantee your seat. Why? Because I'm not going to spend $1,000 on a venue, okay, and um, it doesn't fill up at the capacity. Or um, in this, you know, I go lower and then I begin to increase. So I have to know prior to that time um, how many people that I need to accommodate. So the way I'm going to know that is you register for free, on my site, which I'll give you in a moment when we go back to contact information, but it's free and you register, and it's from 7 to 9, so it's two hours. The session will be held at the Hampton Inn, and it's the floor of the lease room. I have a flyer on my site, um, and it's 2730 North Causeway Boulevard in the Metairie, Louisiana, and that's Friday, April the 5th, so you have about three weeks to get it together, okay? 
But however, prior to that general session, I'll be doing a a um, personal motivational gift analysis where each person um, gets a statistical validated gift test online, and I then I discuss and um, do analysis on it, and I, I discuss the results with them. And what this does is this helps you in your career, the one you're currently in, and if you need to make a change, it helps you to decide what area you should be going to or if the one that you've decided to go to is that the area that will appeal to your gift. You know, a lot of people say, I just want the money, but if you don't have the passion for it, you're not going to do it as well as someone else that has the passion for that particular thing, and we need to come to understanding with that. Okay, but it will help you in your career, your ministry, um, your entrepreneurship. It, it, we make changes. Um, I kind of help and direct you to make improvements to uh, which will sure cause an increase in productivity, and uh, you will be more satisfied uh, at your, with your work experience, you know, on your job or in your business, and in your gift passion area. You know, you need to operate in your area. Now, I'm only going to do that for $25 that's prior to the session, and those are people that are serious. If you're serious about you're going to get it and hit it in 2013, you want to know if you're on track. $25 is the, the discounted price only because I'm doing it as a group. When you go on my site and and you look at it, you'll see I offer that service, that same service on an individual for 20 minutes is $75. If, you, if some people say, no, but I need more, so for 50 minutes it's $150. But I actually sit down and I go through all the steps with you and I give you the analysis and I point you in the right direction. You don't have to do it, but it is the first statistical uh, online motivational gift test that came into being. Now, someone else probably has come up with one, but it was the very first one, and I love it. Um, and, you know, I'm, I'll be using, like, the sciences and the basis of Romans uh, chapter 12. So it would be the sciences and the Bible together, and you're going to get the best results. Uh, and it also it complements with my latest book, Be Who You Be, and the book is included in the registration. Now, I'm aware that there are some people that are actually going to come. I'm picking up some new people from New Orleans, uh, the, the 504 that I didn't know. I'm so happy to meet you all. I'm going to give a shout-out to Lady T. She knows who she is. She was just um, a blessing to me. Um, she registered for a conference that I'm going to tell you about in a minute, and she was she had decided she was coming, and, I mean, bam, 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 things just worked out for her to get here. But, if you want to know that if you're headed in the right direction, if you're ready to make a change or you know you have to make a change or if you've decided where you're going to go or what you're going to do, you want to kind of get a confirmation in the way to say, am I going in the right direction? And that's why I say, no, it's not all spiritual. It's not all Bible. It's, it's the, the um, Bible. It's the sciences. And it's wisdom put together along with my counseling and coaching will help you get to where you're trying to go. But, however, if you have the book already to be who you be, it's only going to be $15 for you because you already bought the book for $10. So you will see on my site you will be able to register the 25 if you don't have the book or the $15 if you already have the book, okay? Um, be sure to bring your book, though, to the class. Also, you will need your smartphone or your iPad, or your notebook laptop to do the test. 
And so and, and we will Wi-Fi you if, if it needs to happen and to complete the online test. So on my site, click the Be Who You Be tab, and you'll see the regular pricing display. Um, for all of this I'm talking about is much higher. So this is discounted because it's a group. It's a group of people. It's not one-on-one. -on -one. So I was able to come down just for you guys, and that's a special package, you know, for coming home. I haven't been home in a very long time, and I'm excited to see a lot of you. So if you're serious, be in that class. The um, the book also can be downloaded. So if you have an iPad, you can or or any of the um, electronics where you can download your book. Download the book. The download is only four ninety nine. As long as you have the book in any form, electronic or in paperback, then you can register for the fifteen dollars and then just download the book for four ninety nine. Okay, on on your electronic device from iTunes or from Barnes & Noble, just Be Who You Be by Bobby Clark Alexander. Now, for this, the seating is very limited. If you're serious, if you've gotten anything, if you've been provoked in your spirit that you need to get it together, I would recommend you get on that uh, the Internet and go ahead and register for the class. And I'm talking very, very limited because of how we have everything set up. So um, please make sure that you take care of that. Then all of this that I'm doing there uh, with the Remnant Prophetic, it actually leads to our Global Remnant Readiness Conference here in ATL May 3rd through 5th, 2013. Uh, you will receive spiritual as well as natural instruction. This is what I'm saying. Don't miss divine instruction for the remnant. Um, you remnant, remnant is what keeps um some type of order while everyone's going crazy. In other words, we have been through an extreme amount of stress and anxiety in our personal lives with the economy, in the churches, with you know, with with the backstabbing and not understanding things. Uh, you need to come and get instructions so you'll be prepared for these end time events and assignments. They're going to happen. This is end times. The Bible will speak of itself. And you say God has told you to do something, you need to come and get the insights and instructions. There are going to be five powerful speakers there. And Minister Ginger London is one of the speakers. I, she wasn't originally on the agenda, but when I heard her break down a class and how she was able to do it on relationships, and I hope she's going to throw some of that in there because that was just really, really good. A lot of people are so messed up in relationships that they can't go forward in their lives. They're not making money because they're in emotional drama. So um, I know that she's going to be ready and prepared, but she's one of the speakers. We're going to hit every area, even fashion. We got someone speaking on fashion. We got somebody speaking on spiritual warfare. I will be speaking on, you know, end-time events, uh, as a seer, I'll be teaching out of my book, also Be Who You Be, and giving you some fine points, some business points, just like I've done tonight, but at a whole nother level. Um, Pam Burnett, my mentor, uh, approximately 14 years out of the 21 years that I've been operating business and the prophetic, she'll be the opening night speaker. That is free to all. Um, the, the cost actually comes in with the workshop where you're going to get the meat of the information. We're going to give you tools. You will not leave out there empty-handed. You're going to leave with tools that you could go back home to put in place. You will be able to activate them from the time you get off that plane. Actually, 
some of you guys are going to be making phone calls and getting on your smartphones or your laptops and making some business decisions and making changes. Thank you for the world of electronics. You're going to be able to make changes before you even leave the conference. Okay, and then lastly, I just want to let you guys know that um, I'm increasing my leadership counseling and coaching um, where this is exciting. Um, I'm going to actually start um, setting up, well, I've actually begun the process where I'm going to let leaders or people that are business and entrepreneurs that can actually, um, you know, afford to be able to do it, um, to come and stay in my home for an entire weekend, and they're going to get two uh, coaching and counseling sessions per day. Um, I will have a chef in here, but they will have um, prepared meals to their liking and their choosing, and um, they will have access to me, you know, for a weekend. So, you know, it, it has a, a pretty good price tag on it, but, you know, it's all about if you know who you are and where you're trying to be. Sometimes you've got to dump the garbage in the trash that's holding you down like a barnacle to a ship so that you can move on. So I will allow you to dump, I will press you, and we will go revisit some things in counseling, and then the coaching takes you from where you are to where you want to be. So that is that is something new that I'm going to take my counseling and coaching to the next level. I think that's all I have right now. Oh, and the last thing is the, um, well, that's not all, but those are the things that are coming close. And, um, the uh, the special with the groups of ten, I'm very excited about that. Uh, I'm going to celebrate those people that are able to get ten people to register, and you get fifty percent off. But you have to be in a group of ten because you have to pay at once. It's a one payment, and then we get all the names and everything once you guys show up at the conference. But whoever registers for the group is going to be uh, regarded as the group leader. So I've decided I'm going to do something very special for all those ladies that come in a group of 10 Y because that's not something easy to do, especially in this day and time. And so if what it tells me is a part of who I am, that's, that's, that's remnant readiness. Because if you can get 10 ladies, or it, it could be a mixed group. It could be men and women. But if you can get 10 people together to register at one time, and get them to that conference, you need to be celebrated. And also, too, that, that's remnant behavior. So you guys will be celebrated. And that is extended, well, it's to the 31st of March. So you have barely a couple of weeks in there. So that's on my website. And um, so, Ms. Ginger, could I actually tell them how they can contact me? Yes, okay. Okay. You can find me at uh, my website, is www.bclarkalexander.com. That's B as in Bobby, Clark, C-L-A-R-K, Alexander, A-L-E-X-A-N-D-E-R. It's one word, bclarkalexander.com. You'll see everything on there. For the events that I just told you guys about, you just um, click the upcoming events tab, and everything's there. All the breakdown of the conferences, the class descriptions, you will see pictures of the speakers and everything, the venue where we're going to be, all of that is there. So go in and visit the site tonight so that you can start 
um, troubleshooting what you need to and be in place. And also, I'm on all the top social networks, Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn, Pinterest, and the list goes on. Also, I have a YouTube channel um, that I would like for you to go and subscribe for free. Um, my YouTube channel is Bobby Clark Alexander. That's B-O-B-B-I-E. My full name is spelled out. Clark Alexander is hyphenated. So if you go on YouTube, um, and my channel will pop up, and you can see the videos there. And, every, and if you subscribe, every time I do a new video, it's going to um, alert you at your email. So also when you view any of the videos, this is a side note. Please watch the commercials, guys. That's how we get our um, few pennies on, you know, for each video. So don't click past. Don't skip the commercial. You know, that's another um, venue for another stream of income. Those pennies add up, you know, over over a period of time. So I just want you to make sure that you go out there and visit me on YouTube. And the last one I did was I'm Not Who I Used to Be. That's the last one. I did it on Friday, and they're seeming, uh, seemingly enjoying that. And I've been doing the YouTube for just a couple of months, and I'm already, like, at 7,000 hits. Right, I think it's right at – it may have not gone to the 7,000, but it's very, very close, and it may have hit it already. So that's moving pretty swiftly. And I've had people from Australia, Africa, um, oh, God, se several nations um, – across the globe have been contacting me and saying how blessed they are. So follow me on Twitter, Facebook, you know, link up with me so you'll get um, whatever I'm doing and stay on the cutting edge. Amen, amen. So we just have about three minutes left. I want to thank Prophet Bobby Clark Alexander. I'm so humbled that you came onto the show tonight. Um, and this is the first full interview for uh, National Women's History Month where we're celebrating women. And our theme for this year is Created for Greatness. And as you can hear, God is doing great things with her. I want to thank all of you who were on the call in the chat room who stayed for the duration of the radio show. My prayers are that God will reward you uh uh, reward your um, your faithfulness for being on uh, listening to the show on to, on tonight. And again, if you need um, some assistance outside of uh, the radio show tonight, you can contact either one of us. You can contact me through Blog Talk Radio, or you can contact me at gingerlondon.com, or you can find me on social media as well. But um, I just want to say thank you. I want to close out in prayer. And uh, I want you uh, to stay connected. The next um, interview is March 19th, and so it's a couple of days from now. And so let's go to uh, God in prayer. We're going to close out. Once again, Prophet Bobby, thank you so much uh, for your great, great teaching. And if anybody is at the place where you have not entered in yet into your blessed place, look at the inhabitants, and if there's something that you need to kill or get rid of so that you can walk through the door, make your commitment tonight as we pray to get rid of those, kill those inhabitants that are occupy, that are occupying space that's not been purposed for them so that you can cross over. Father, in the name thank of you. Jesus, we thank you. We bless your name, O oh God. We honor you, and we just um, are so humbled by your presence. Thank you for using Prophet Bobby's on tonight. We thank you that this, the words and the teachings that she's done tonight are, are falling on good ground, Lord God, that the seeds are being planted in a good ground. And that, Father, as you 
As someone else comes in waters, we know you're going to give the increase. Someone leaves the call of the show on tonight. The increase will happen on tonight. But we thank you for God, for everything that you're doing in everyone's life. And for those who will hear the replay, bless them, Father God, in the name of Jesus. We thank you that you have created the woman to do great things and that we yield ourselves into completing our assignments and our callings and doing the greater works that Jesus has told us and assigned us to do. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. 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 Thank you. Thank you so much, Prophet um, Bobby Clark. Uh, Alexander, once again, everybody on the show has been blessed on tonight. And so have a good evening, everybody. This is Minister Ginger London. God bless you for being on the show. Good night. Good night. Good night.